Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. My hope today is to expand your heart and mind towards the fact that as Christians, there is a biblical call for risk, which is very counter the the culture that we are growing up in. Uh, This is going to blow your mind, but Jesus never had a 401k. I know. And and as we read through the Bible, I'm telling you, some of these these principles that that are taught in in economics and in university and are passed down from parents about financial security and all of these things are actually inhibiting God's will in your life. Now, I say that as well to say we must be good stewards, but sometimes we can take that stewardship and we can hide behind it to the fact that we never actually get out and do anything that God has put in our heart. You with me? So, a quick disclaimer before I carry on. I am going to give examples from my life to try and make things relatable, but that doesn't mean that you need to go do the same thing. This is me trying to flush it out in my own life. You don't have to agree with me, but you can't disagree with the fact that you have to do something. You with me? You don't have to do it like I do it. You can judge me for the car that I drive and the things that we do on the ranch and all of those things. That's okay, but it's you who has to give an account one day. You can't say, but when you're standing before God, like, but did you see what Brent did? He's like, what did you do? What did you do with what I gave you? What you have in your hand and in your heart and and these kind of things. And the other thing is, don't slip into comparison. Because every single person, no matter if you work at Bluebell, or you're a farmer, or you're in oil and gas, or whatever it might be, you're helping fire safety in Houston, whatever it is. You have the ability and the power from God to one day stand before him and him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's not only reserved for a certain pay grade or certain job title. It's for everybody who calls on the name of the Lord. You with me? So by the time we are finished today, my hope and my prayer is that you, you, you are leaning that much more towards risk and saying, God, I want to do more with what you've given me. America's slogan, safety first. And yes, it has saved a lot of people. (laughs) But I tell you what, the kingdom of God is not safety first. It's Jesus first. And sometimes that's the opposite of safety first. You with me? Please, Lord, that I'm able to say this in the right way. If if, if you see me getting worked up, it's just because I'm passionate. It's not because I don't like you, okay? And if it sounds like I'm talking directly to you, that's just the Lord. Don't blame me. (laughs) I I didn't have you on my mind when I was preparing this sermon. It is impossible to, uh, it's possible to take risks without faith. How many of you know that? Just go to Vegas. There are people taking risks on red and black all the time. And it doesn't mean they have faith in God in doing it. But it is impossible to live by faith and not take risks. 
It's impossible. And the Bible is so full of that. And, and I love this in Genesis because it's one risk after another, after another. I don't know if you realize that. We're calling it faith, but faith and risk, when it's, when it's, when it's uh, 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 your basis is God is the same thing. Faith is risk. You, you're basing your next step, your belief. Peter getting out of the boat. That was a risk. And, and starting going back to, um, um, you know, where we, where we were with Genesis 12, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. Now, I want to unpack what this means and don't read it like a nursery rhyme. And Goldilocks, you know, went up the hill and it's, this is a real thing, but you, you need to contextualize it to your life and understand what's really being said. Because I'm telling you, this breaks the American tradition and, and safety and preparing for old age and all of that. It, it, it throws it on the ground. Listen to what's really being said here. Leave everything that you've known. Leave your, your security, your financial, uh, your authority that you've built up, your influence, and all, all safety nets. And come and be homeless. Is that not what it says? Oh, yeah, but that was for Abram. Now, I know that there's a whole other sermon here, and I'm not ignoring the fact that there are people who have done stupid things and, and ruined their lives. You know what I mean? I can preach a whole thing on that. We are not called to all be poor and have nothing so that when somebody's in need, we're not able to give it to them. No, I do believe we are blessed to be a blessing, but some of us are waiting to be blessed before we can be a blessing. And Abram had to leave everything before he became blessed to be a blessing. Who's with me? This should stir something in your heart. The Holy Spirit should be pressing something because I'm telling you, we have bought so deep into this culture that we say we're living by faith, but our lives operate and look like people who don't live by faith. We are, you know, we determine what we can do by our bank accounts. We determine what we can achieve by our skill levels and our education and what city we're in and all of these. We weigh everything up just like everybody else. That's not living by faith. That's by living by the world's standards and principles. And therefore, we will have the same results as the world. You have to read your Bible to realize God is not limited by any of those things. But he, he has chosen to be limited in your life by one thing, faith. By believing him. And Abraham was the young old age of 75 when this started. I was very grateful to have lived in Aspen for a little while and to see what 90-year-old people can do that I didn't even think was possible. Now, that was in a physical sense of climbing mountains and things like that, but they were doing things when, that I couldn't do in my 20s. But they were just... They had a belief system that they were going to ski until the day they died, and so they did it. We're in South Africa, 60, we were like getting your coffin ready because you were done. <laughs> in the kingdom of God, when we have examples of, of Moses and Caleb and Abram and, and these guys who, who, who burnt it until the last, 
Why are we buying into this? Okay, it's time for me to chill out now. I remember a pastor getting up, and, and I can see Pastor Arthur being like this. He was 95 in South Africa, right? He, he had to have people help him to the stage, and he was like this, to the pulpit. I was like, oh, this is going to be a long hour. <laughs> he held that, that, that pulpit like Samson held the pillars. And he went on to deliver fire that I was like, oh my goodness. That should be our expectation. Listen to this. Progress always involves risk. You can't steal second base and keep your foot on first. Now, bring this to your life. Some of us have reached first base and we're comfortable there. We're safe. You're very safe on first base. They can't get you out. Just keep your foot there and it looks good and wave at the crowd and it feels good. You made it to first. And you want to stop there. And the church is full of people like that. They've had a little bit of success. They've had a little bit of, of money. They've had a little bit of something. And now, ah, okay, I, if I just keep it like this, I can make it through the rest of my life. That's not living. That's not kingdom living. You with me? God has so much more for us. Scripture never says get to first base and then chillax. You remember that verse where Paul said, and I've done a lot, and now <coughs> I'm on the beach yeah. with my corona. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> One of the biggest obstacles to risk is people believing that comfort and status quo is the goal. Comfort is not the goal. God is the God of comfort. Comfort's a blessing, but it's not the pursuit and getting to the place of, okay, now if I just don't rock the boat, I can keep on like this for until I die. What a terrible way to live. Listen to this with Caleb. And I'm, and I'm going to start with a very, very important thing. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. You will remember that as a scout, we found the descendants of Anak, uh, giants, Okay living there in great walled towns. But if, say, but if, the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. And Caleb was at 85. We may not be able to hang out with men and women of God like this, but we can hang out with them in Scripture. Here's a guy who had 85. Are you sure, Caleb? Because you got that, you know. I know you injured your hamstring last week. <laughs> Maybe you should sit this one out. No, no. Give me the most difficult thing. Not only is it a mountain, but it's high-walled cities on a mountain. That's the most fortified thing you can have. And with giants. Here's the thing that I really need you to get into your heart. Because Christians hide behind God's will. And I'm going to pray about it. And if God leads me, now all of those things are true, but we can also take truths and we can turn them into excuses. But if God is with me, what do you call that? Risk. He didn't say, and I know the Lord is with me. 
He's basing it on a, on a previous promise and saying, but if God is with me, but he's going to go try anyway. And my brothers and sisters, if you are so scared to fail, I'm telling you, you will never achieve what God has for you. I have failed so many times. The amount of times that I have wiped out our, our savings account, I can't even tell you, like obliterated. Like we have financially started over several times. Yet when people come onto the ranch and they're like, oh, I wish I could have something like that. No, you don't. Because <laughs> then you have to walk the road that I've walked and I'm not sure you want that. And that's, and that's for many people's stories. Elon Musk, and I'm going to talk about him in, in, in a bit. They were so poor, him and his brother, building PayPal, that his brother would work on marketing during the day. They had one computer while he would sleep and then he would work all night. You hear what I'm saying? People have taken risks and put things in and then achieved something and we just look at the fruit and go like, oh, those guys, they just, they were born into money. Whatever the excuses are that we make, we have to be able to take risk. And if we cannot risk what we have, we will never get to where God is calling us to. And, and the evidence is here, story after story after story. Why didn't Caleb just chill out? Like, yes, it's just one more. They still had milk and honey. It's like, eat from this tree. Don't worry about that there. No, they wanted to live their lives completely to see all the promises of God come to pass. We have to live with risk and asking God what he has and stepping out even there are times when we're not even sure that God is with us. Now, I say that very lightly and, and I'll let Pastor Arthur like, correct that statement. But if we are always waiting for, the, for complete confirmation that this is God, I'm telling you, we are going to miss many times where we are stepping out where it's good enough to think if this is God. Do you know Paul, blessed by the elders, went to the wrong place on his first mission trip? That's what I'm talking about. Not only did he think he was right, the elders blessed him too, and they were all wrong. But what was more important is that he was on his way, and then the Holy Spirit corrected him to the right place. It's more important to step out on trying to hear from God and doing something than waiting and never doing anything, and I'm going to prove it to you. Yeah. But if, isn't that amazing? We have one life to live. Why would we want to put ourselves out on the bench? Oh, you guys go ahead. Nobody in scripture did that. Here's the guy like, listen, you young guys, sit down. Papa's got this one. But we're so scared to lose the little that we have, not realizing it's God that's, that brings it. And this is where the kingdom of God becomes harder for a rich person than, than a camel to enter through the eye of the needle. Because when you have nothing, you can trust God and you're free. The moment we get something, then we, we, we oh gosh, now I need to protect this and hold this and stuff. And it, and it stops the journey. It's God who gave it to us in the first place. And it's God who supplies our needs. Yes, once again, we want to be stewards and wise, but not at the rate of preventing what God wants to do with the one life that we have. And here's the beautiful thing that I can testify. 
not in the success that I've had, but in the failures that I've had, that God was faithful in every single one of my failures. I was like, God, I thought that was you. And he's like, yeah, it wasn't, but <laughs> I got you anyway. My wife and I packed up everything living in one of the you know, most sought-after cities in Aspen, Colorado. We left everything to go plant churches in South Africa because we thought that's what God was calling us to do. And we were wrong. But that led to, to another thing, led to another thing, led to another thing. We're so scared to be wrong, like, oh, you're not a real Christian if you've made a mistake. No, you're a real Christian. If you're trying and you're stepping out and you're taking risks. You hear what I'm saying? David, so excited to go get the Ark of the Covenant and get some people killed. <laughs> it's a mistake. But then, then you know, God corrects us. It's, it's, God can work with our messes. I was talking to uh, our friends yesterday. They said they had a church and, you know, people are praying in tongues and, and uh, you know, some of it looks like it's, it's fake and whatever. And they're like, well, what do you think? I said, yeah, you're right. Some of it's fake. <laughs> they're like, oh, what? I said, undoubtedly, if you've got a bunch of people in the front praying in tongues and some are falling down on that, I can guarantee you some of it's fake. But here's the other thing. Some of it's real. So which one matters more? Who cares if some of it's fake? Is God moving? Yes or no. And if he's moving, he's moving. Do you know that some of this sermon that I'm preaching is out of my flesh and some of it is out of the spirit? I like to do as much as I can out of the spirit, but some things I mess up. But God uses it regardless. Isn't that wonderful? Rather step out and take the risk and pray for people and pursue God and mess it up than stay so safe that nothing ever happens. People who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that do. That was Steve Jobs and the big Apple campaign. Shouldn't we be those people if we are the light to the world, shouldn't we be the ones who lie awake at night going, God, can you use me to reach this? And can, can you give me an idea on how to solve this or whatever it might be? Why can't it be you? The world is so dark. Do you know the difference that your light can make when you don't hide it under a basket and you say, God, can you use me? How dare I think that we can come into a farming community and become farmers? There's no farmers in my, in my heritage. <laughs> but why not us? And this is what I want to teach my, my, my kids. There is, there is no limitation that we can achieve things, not in our own strength. But God wants to love and reach people far more than, than what we even comprehend. And he's looking for people to do it through So me because it's never about my ability he's, he's got inf infinity you know what infinity plus 10 is infinity infinity plus a thousand infinity so it doesn't matter what I'm bringing to the table except my risk that God can use my little legs to go where he wants to go and to do what he wants to do I'm just a FedEx worker that's thinking through the world's mindset. You're not just a FedEx worker. You're a child of the Most High God. 
who wants to do infinitely more than you can ask or imagine. Oh, I forgot the second part of that verse that says, except if you're a FedEx worker. (laughs) (laughs) Only if you're on Wall Street, then God wants to do great things. No. Those that call upon him and believe. Listen to this, 1 Samuel 14, 6. I've, I've, I've spoken on this before. It's, it's such a, a big one for me. Let's go to the outpost of those pagans. Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Listen to this, you ready? Perhaps. Say perhaps. perhaps. The Lord will help us. For nothing can hinder the Lord. Uh, he can win the battle whether he has many warriors or just a few. Perhaps. Jonathan was not certain the Lord was going with him, but he could not stay in the status quo of doing nothing any longer. Rather die in trying than live in in doing nothing. Because we are not living by a world standard. We are living by a kingdom standard. My grandfather, until the day he died, was, was propelling the gospel forward in every way that he could. He left us very little money in his inheritance. A good man leaves inheritance for his children's children. And my grandfather did that, but it wasn't money. It was something far more important. It was faith. Right? Everybody who meets my mom says, this is a woman of faith. She's, she's part of that, that heritage. Jonathan, perhaps, you know the statement, meh, M-E-H, America can make meh look amazing, (laughs) right? Ads all the time of, it's just meh, but it's like, oh, but you've got big windows and a nice grass, but it's, it's just meh, compared to the kingdom of, I'm not saying we can't have nice things. I'm saying when the nice things become the thing we're trying to protect and don't lose, that's when it becomes a problem. Who do you think is the creator of the most awe-inspiring things? It's God. Okay, I want to talk a little bit more about Elon Musk. He's not a Christian, so don't. uh, But he wasted $40 billion buying Twitter. And people are like, what an idiot. He did what maybe no Christian with that amount of money would have ever done. Because he saw the bigger picture and the bigger need. He gave a quarter of his wealth to rescue freedom of speech in America. He overpaid for Twitter. <laughs> Worst investment he ever made in monetary sense. In the grand scheme of the world, he changed the world. He saved the world in that, in that regard. You hear what I'm saying? Why aren't we thinking like that? I think part of the problem is we just think about ourselves, and that's why our vision is so small. If we were truly praying for the nations of the world, we would think a little bit differently. We would pray a little bit differently. I want to I make sure that you know this is not just verses about men. Let me read to you exactly the same thing with Esther. Exactly the same as what we've been reading. So 
it starts off Esther, the, the queen, the king called for her, and she was like, no, I'm busy right now. And it's like, okay, new queen. Same thing happens in our household, right? <laughs> so now she becomes queen, and now Mordecai uncovers this whole plot to kill all the Jews and everything like that. And he goes to uh, Esther, and this is, this is what, we, what we read. If you keep quiet at a time like this, um, I can't read my... And relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows? Say, who knows, perhaps. You were made queen for such a time as this. You see, we've quoted that many times. You were made for such a time as this. But that's not what the verse says. The verse says, who knows? Perhaps. She is risking her life going before the king uninvited. This is what you have to understand about the culture at the time. And it's not a certainty. An angel didn't appear before her. This is her uncle coming to her and saying like, go risk your life and maybe God is with you. But if you do nothing, you're going to die in obscurity. And we need messages like that in the kingdom of God. Christians, stop living in obscurity and doing nothing. And who knows, perhaps you were born for such a time as this. You were made garbage keeper, FedEx driver, CEO, whatever it might be for such a time as this, but you cannot be quiet and you cannot do nothing. Yeah, but Brent, you don't understand. I've got $5 in my savings account. Fantastic. Lord, what would you have me do with what I have instead of assuming that I need to protect this, this little thing? My, my, uh, uh, the amount of times that we have emptied our bank account to give to missionaries and help people. And my wife has, has always been on board. We, were, we, we, had, we have lived in apartments our whole time that we've lived in America. And we finally had, we had... Um, $100,000 to put down a deposit to hopefully buy a house. The kids had been sharing a room, which was a huge blessing. I don't say that as something negative. I'm so glad they got to do that. We had $100,000 and a missionary came through who wanted to buy a house so that he could have people in his home and minister and stuff like that. And, and we bought him that house with our deposit that was meant for our house and not knowing if we would then ever have a house. You, you hear what I'm saying? I don't say that as a badge for me. I'm telling you how we've lived our lives. I was at a, a, a presentation of, of an organization that puts ads on Facebook and stuff to reach people and then tells them about Christ. So that people click on the ads. And I put $10,000 on my credit card to be able to donate to them. I was one of the biggest donators of the day, turns out later, I found out. And there were people, millionaires. And here was a guy who was earning $4,000 a month. It was gonna take me like a year to pay that back off. But I was so compelled that this was somebody's life. Do we even care about the gospel going out anymore? I was so compelled that this was going to make, a, somebody's life was gonna be saved 
My credit card was worth that. Working hard, even getting a second job, it was worth somebody's salvation. But that's gone from our Christian culture these days. We used to burn for the lost. What can I do? Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.